Hey, what's up? Welcome to Together We're Better podcast. This will be the best listening time of your day. I'm your host, Brandon Morris, the manager of community engagement with Building Our Future here in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Welcome. To all of our listeners, this podcast is centered around the question, what's possible when you bring people together around a shared result? Ooh, that's hot. You should tweet that. This episode is titled, Building Community with the Kenosha Fire Department. So in this episode, I got a chance to sit down and hear from four of our Kenosha Fire Department firefighters, or as you'll hear them mention, AKA, apparatus operator, EMT firefighter, paramedic. Trust me, you'll wanna listen to this 67 years of combined experience as a Kenosha firefighter. You'll get to hear from Zeke, Harry, Kaminsky, and Sosa as they share their blazing hot journey with the Kenosha Fire Department. They'll also educate all of our listeners on how you too can make a career fighting fires while building community here in Kenosha. Grab your water hose. We're going into the flames. And just like that, we're back with another episode of Together We're Better podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Morris. I got some special people with us in the studio. And let me tell you, if this podcast was to go up in flames, I have the right people in the building. We got the Kenosha Fire Department with us today, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. First up is Zeke. My name is Ezekiel Tompkins. I am an apparatus operator for the city of Kenosha Fire Department. I have been a part of the department for 18 years. And I'm a member of our diversity committee. Excellent. Thank you. Welcome, Zeke. And all of, the, all of you guys are members of the, the uh, diversity committee too, right? Yes, that's correct. Excellent. Harry, up to you. Um, I'm Harry Tobert, uh, also an apparatus operator on the Kenosha Fire Department for Engine 3, uh, EMT firefighter, and I've been on the department for 26 years. Excellent. Thanks, Harry, for checking in. Kaminsky, over to you. Hello. I'm Kristen Kaminsky. Um, I am an apparatus operator, paramedic for the Kenosha Fire Department, and also I have uh, 18 years of service. I got hired with Zeke. Excellent. Thanks for checking in. And Sosa, to you. Hey, Brandon. Thanks for having us here. Uh, I'm Luis Sosa. I'm a firefighter paramedic for the Kenosha Fire Department. Uh, I've been on for five years and, and counting. Uh, just construction background before that and uh, part-time on another fire department. Excellent. Thanks, you guys, for checking in. All right, let's, let's dive right into these questions and, and let the, the community know who you guys are. So, Sosa, to you first. Who is the Kenosha Fire Department? So, Brandon, great question, right? Like, who is the Kenosha Fire Department? Uh, so the Kenosha Fire Department is a full-time career department. Uh, we respond to roughly 13,000 service calls per year. Uh, we serve the citizens uh, of the city of Kenosha, uh, roughly about 100,000 citizens uh, uh, so far. Uh, we currently have 144 sworn employees, and that includes uh, admin, chief officers, officers, drivers, you know, firefighters, uh, and EMTs, uh, paramedics. Uh, we are a combination department, uh, so we do fire and EMS, uh, so we are cross-trained in both. Uh, we do operate at the paramedic level, uh, but we do operate with paramedics and EMT basics. 
so we operate out of five stations uh, with five pumps, two trucks, five paramedic units, and we do have one crash rescue unit uh, that sits uh, by the Kenosha Regional Airport. And we do work a 2448 schedule. Um, it's a little long-winded, but that's who we are. Excellent. Thank you for that. Um, so over to you, Tolbert. What's a day in a life like of being a firefighter? All right. So a day in the life of a Kenosha firefighter starts roughly at 7.15 a.m. And it goes to 7.15 a.m. the following day. So, yes, like we said, it's a 24-hour shift. Um, you typically arrive 10 to 15 minutes early. And in that t 10 to 15 minutes, you use that time to the person that you're coming in to relieve you speak with that person and kind of do a handoff where that person tells you anything you need to know about the rig that you're taking over, uh, any idiosyncrasies with it, if there was something or, you know, some type of service light or anything going on with that rig that you might need to know for the day coming up or any special calls or instances that they ran into during their shift that may have some carryover into your shift or you may get called back to, to that incident or something. So you use that first 15 minutes prior to your shift starting, kind of to do that just to get yourself in the right frame of mind with what's going on with the rig that you're on that day. Uh, then the day starts at 7.15 and um, you pretty much start the day at that point, getting your rig uh, ready for service, making sure that all the equipment that you need for the day is clean and ready to go, making sure that all of your personal protective equipment is on there. So all of your uniform from head to toe, anything you may need for the day to be safe, you make sure that's on the rig as well. Uh, then you move and you transition into any training that, may, that you may have scheduled for the day, department-wide or just with your crew or individual station, uh, any continuing education that you need to do, um, any checks and equipment. Uh, you, you do all of your equipment checks. You check over your rig from from front to back and make sure that everything you need for the day is on there and clean and ready to go. Uh, if you have any inspections, because we inspect all the businesses in the city twice a year, so you may have inspections scheduled. Um, you have meal prep because you're there for 24 hours, so you also have to worry about getting a meal set up and ready for that throughout the course of the day. And um, in addition to those things, we're going on calls the entire time. So when we get there at 7.15, if that tone goes off at 7.16, we're rolling out the door ready to go. So in addition to all the things that we're doing, we're also responding to calls. That's the main reason we're there. So it, I mentioned it as a secondary, but it's the primary reason we're there is to respond and help the citizens of Kenosha. So even though we're doing all these other things, we're responding to calls the whole time. And finally, because we're there for 24 hours, we live there. And um, after 5 p.m., it's kind of where we sort of kind of, we can rest a little bit. We don't have any training or education or inspection scheduled after that point. And so after 5 p.m., we can kind of go into a mode where we sort of try and decompress from all the stresses of the day. Um, we're still ready to respond and go on calls at a moment's notice, but we kind of go off of the, um, we're, we're sort of off of the, the business structure clock and we kind of go on to a personal time clock, but we're in station and ready to respond at that time. And that's pretty much it. Wow. That's, that's, that's very informative. I didn't know all of that took place. Uh, thanks for that deep dive. Um, Kaminsky to you. 
What does it take to be a firefighter? Funny you ask. <laughs> We're actually currently taking uh, applications right now. Um, what does it take? The minimum qualifications to apply for our job, it's on the city website at kenosha.org. 18 years old, valid driver's license, and a high school diploma. Um, basically, it all starts with an application. After that, the process, the recruitment process kind of goes through a series of tests. So there'll be a written test, there'll be a CPAT, they call it. It's a physical agility ability test. It's basically a, um, a, physical, a time physical agility test that will kind of mirror some of the requirements, that physical requirements that we have to do at our normal functions of the job. Um, if you pass that, there'll be a first set panel interview with uh, some of the members, current members of our department. And then finally, there's a chief's interview. Um, and then you would, if you get hired, we have a, th you would be placed in a three month recruitment BRT. So basic recruitment training. It is a uh, Monday through Friday. You're put on a 40 hour work week. And during that time, you are kind of just taught Kenosha's way, how we run calls, how we train, how we do our policies and procedures and everything. Um, then there'll be a graduation period and you get put online. Wow, graduation. Uh, in that, yeah, in that BRT, you also get firefighter one, firefighter two, apparatus operator, driver, and aerial. You'll get all the certs that are state required to be a fire, firefighter in the state of Wisconsin. Excellent, excellent. Excellent information to know. Um, with you guys just going back to back, you're saying you're getting training throughout the day and then you're getting all these certifications before you even get there. I never knew that information. I thought if you were strong enough and you had the passion, hey, you can be a firefighter, but uh, it's not yeah. that easy. <laughs> uh, so thanks for that update too. Uh, Zeke, over to you. So uh, what is the atmosphere like as a Kenosha firefighter? Uh, I would say the atmosphere is different than most jobs. Um, most jobs you're not going to be with people for 24 hours straight. Um, most jobs, you're, you're not going to have conversations that are very meaningful. There's conversations that I've had where people tell me they would never have that type of conversation with anybody else on their job. Um, it's more of a family type of atmosphere. Um, but as with any family, there can be frustrations with that family member. Um, I would say most people get along with each other very well. Um, but even if you don't get along with that person, when the tones go off, we are about handling the business that needs to be handled. Um, we will put aside any differences we have and we will serve the public to the best of our abilities. And knowing that even if you don't get along with this person, they will have your back in a situation where it's needed. I would trust anybody in this fire department with my life. If we go on a fire, I trust people and they trust me. And because we all want to see each other go home, we all want to see each other retire and have a great life, raise their family, have a good time with their kids. We do care about each other. Even the people that I wasn't the best friends with, I still want them to go home and have a good life with their family. Um, the atmosphere is, it's pretty educated atmosphere. Even if it's not totally the fire service educated, there are different backgrounds that everyone comes from. There's, we have plumbers, we have electricians, we have people that build houses. And we use all that knowledge 
to help serve the public the best we can. Um, there could be in a call where something's going on with electrical. We have an electrician that might be on the job that time and they can help us. We have people that are bilingual. If we go to a call and several people can't speak the language, there may be someone there that can help that, with that call and make things go smoother and make that patient feel more comfortable. So we're taking all these different backgrounds that we have from our department and serving the public the best we can. Um, like I said, we're around each other for 24 hours, but sometimes that doesn't just stop there. There's our, there are people in the department that have gone on vacations with each other. Um, we have basketball and softball and other type of team sports that people play together. Um, people have helped each other put roofs on people's houses. They've helped if someone's sick and they need their snow shoveled, they need their grass cut, somebody will come and help them shovel their grass or do their snow. Sometimes when people are gone on military leave, people will step up and help their family members. So like I said, it is a family type of atmosphere. Um, but like I said, with family, there can be the struggles, but those struggles go away when it's time to serve the public. Then it's all about business and we're there to do a job and I think we do it as good as any fire department in the nation. Wow, I love it. Um, so you did. You you mentioned something um, that that I think all of you guys have mentioned so far. You said something about a tone. So what tone goes off for for those of us that don't know? What, when you guys say tone, what is that? A tone is basically a call for help. A, a citizen will call nine one one, and they'll tell nine one one their problem, and then we call it a tone that goes off. That just lets us know what the problem is and where we're going to help. Oh, okay. So I've only seen it in the, the, the TV shows. I watched 911 Chicago. Uh, so there's probably like a loud horn or something that goes off in the station to let you know. Is it just like on the TV shows? Yeah. Oh, okay. System, yeah. Okay, tone system. And it kind of just gives us the short demographics of the call. It'll say the nature of the call, what we're going for, the address, and any additional, I mean. Excellent. Wow. Okay. That's great to know. Um, so if, if you guys do hear uh, some of the noises in the background, the, these guys are on duty. We got the, the walkie talkies here. So <laughs> they're ready to run out here and, and protect Kenosha if need be. Uh, and the rig is right outside. Um, so I'm a big fan too, by the way. Um, as Zeke mentioned, you guys have conversations. You guys have conversations um, with with the fire department or with folks in the department that you probably wouldn't normally have. And I'll share this with you guys. I always wanted to be a firefighter. What? Always wanted to be a firefighter. Why? So my mom uh, was raised in, in Arkansas and she survived the house fire at a very young age. Uh, she's had over 52 uh, skin draft uh, surgeries. So she survived the house fire along with my aunt and, and uncles and my grandmother and all that. And so ever since I've known that my mom survived the house fire and you can see her burns clearly from her hands to her face, um, I always wanted to be a firefighter. And I didn't understand it, actually. I thought you can choose because when you see a police officer or a firefighter pull up to a house, 
you guys roll together. So I just thought, hey, you can be a firefighter one day, you can be a police officer next. You just choose. And I was a little kid at that time. But uh, yeah, always wanted to be a firefighter. Um, I think the work that you guys do is just amazing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some wins and challenges you guys experienced over the years? And Zeke, we'll, we'll start with you. Um, I would say my biggest win was when I actually got to pull somebody out of a fire. Mm. I mean, that's what you dream of doing. Yeah. And I actually got to do it. Um, and it was exciting to feel that you actually saved someone's life. Um, that's probably the biggest win on my, fire, on my department career. Um, some of the challenges are, I would say, the mental challenges of this job. Mm. It is dealing with people's misery and not taking that home. And sometimes you go on a call where that call does come home with you and you get frustrated because then that affects your home life. And your home life shouldn't have to suffer because of the job that you do here. Um, lucky we have a peer support team that can help us with uh, problems when we're dealing with it. Um, we have EPA that we can go to. Um, and like some of those conversations I said that we have that you don't have any other place, mm. it is about those calls that can destroy you mentally. And that you went through it with maybe six other people in the department and just to know that you are not alone in your struggles. And so there is a mental side of this job that can, it can make your life worse. But knowing that there are people that have gone through the same thing with you can help you get through those struggles. Excellent. Thanks for sharing that. Tober, to you, uh, what are some wins and some challenges over your, your experiences? Uh, for me, I would say um, one of the wins definitely is I'm a person who um, I'm just kind of wired this way. I like helping people. And I think that probably rings true for everyone on this department. You don't get into this field unless you want to help people. Right. And knowing that when, when some citizen is possibly having the worst day of their life, you get to step in and help. Mm. That's something you can look yourself in the mirror with every day and feel good about what you're doing and what you're getting up to go do each day, knowing that there's someone who may have the worst day of their life and I get the opportunity, and I'm fortunate to have that opportunity, to step in and maybe make that day a little better. So that's definitely a win. And for me, my, my, my other real win is just that uh, I love the family aspect of this job. Um, I came to this state to go to college, and after I graduated, I stayed. And the rest of my family was at that time in Illinois, and since then, they're stretched out all over the U.S. Yeah. And I've found family in the fire department, and that's been great. So for me, as as you run through, run through life and you experience different things, I've had a family to share it with. I've had that camaraderie, and I don't think everyone has that with their normal nine to five job. And so that's definitely been a win for me, is having that extra sense of family that I come to every third day. So I would say that's been a, a win for me, definitely. And Kaminsky, to you. Um, What's been a win or wins and challenges since you've been in the department? I would say my wins are definitely the relationships I've, I've built with people I work with. 
um, and I, I'm not exaggerating, they are my second family. I call my brothers, my sisters. If there's anything that I need, I'm in a pinch on my off day and I need help with anything, I could find someone there in five minutes to help mm. me out. There's not a number I can't call that someone will be there for me. Yeah. So I would say the relationships I built, um, <coughs> excuse me, the challenges, I'm going to kind of mirror Zeke, um, just kind of, every time someone calls 911, it's never for a good thing. Right. So you do kind of get burnt out mentally on seeing these things. Um, and it was a challenge for a while, but you got to seek help. And I found different resources to kind of decompress from all that. Thanks. Thanks. Asking for help is more than okay. Yeah. Um, and so to you. What are some wins and challenges you've experienced over the years? Over your five years? Five years, yeah, five years. Uh, and Brandon, uh, I kept thinking about this, this uh, while you know, my uh, brothers and sisters were answering. And I think my biggest win is just being here, being, uh, being in the fire department, being in the fire service, period. Uh, I'm extremely, I feel extremely blessed and grateful for this job. Um, like I mentioned before in my introduction, I my background's in construction and, mm-hmm. and, and auto mechanics. I'm a hands-on type of person, and I, I thought I was going to be a mechanic or a construction worker for the rest of my life. And mm-hmm. I guess just being here, uh, having this job, it completely changed, you know, uh, my way of living, my family, uh, my kids. Uh, you know, I can give them, a, I guess you could say, a, a better life now and stuff. Uh, I'm just extremely grateful. I consider that one of my biggest wins. Um, I guess a challenge, and just to mirror off what Kaminsky, what Zeke said, um, for me is, you know, you, you get called for help. Uh, you know, when you respond, you get called for help, and it's the calls where you can't do anything about that kind of, you know, kind of challenged me a little bit because, you know, you're there, you want to do something, and there is those calls once in a while where there is nothing to be done. What was done is done, and, and you can't do anything. So just you know, dealing with that type of stuff. But again, uh, we do have great resources that help you know help us with that, uh, including our peer support system, our EPA systems, and stuff like that. So yeah, again, to mirror what you said, never be afraid to ask for help. You know, on challenges. Thanks for that, um, Kaminsky. We're going to come back to you. Um, being a female firefighter, what what has that been like overall for you? Well, my dad actually. Uh, Sorry, my dad's a retired police officer. So when I was young, I used to go on ride-alongs with him and only a couple. I knew that wasn't the career field for me, but I did want to get involved with something in the public service. Um, and I had an interest in the fire service. Uh, I, I was hesitant at first because it is an extremely male-dominated job. Um, I always felt like I had to bring more to the table or I had to meet higher expectations because of the fear of, oh, she got hired only because she's a female. So I felt like I had to prove something more. Um, So I got hired at Kenosha, and once I finished, Zeke and I graduated BRT, we did two or three months, um, and I came online. It was complete opposite atmosphere. Mm. Um, It was very inclusive to who I am, what I represent. Um, it wasn't I had to do more because of earning the respect of him or him or him. Um, I actually enjoy working with men. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, unfortunately, we only have four females out of uh, 144. So I'm always trying to find good females with, you know, that would apply here. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
So to all of our listeners, if you're looking to be a, a firefighter, uh, even if you're a woman, yeah. especially, come on aboard. I mean, I'm not a firefighter, but, you know, you guys get it. Um, so, Sosa, you mentioned earlier and before we, we started recording that you're first generation. So can you speak a little more to that? Yeah, Brandon, of course. Uh, so I, I'm not first generation here in, in the States uh, but I am first generation of my family here to, uh, to go to college here in, in the States. Uh, just a little tiny background on myself. I, I was actually born in, in Mexico. Uh, I didn't come here till I was uh, seven years old. And, you know, not until I, came, I went back to Mexico and I was an adult. Um, before that, I didn't think about their emergency medical services. That's something where people volunteer. They have... Uh, you know, crappy equipment, and it's it, it's not what it is here. It's not a career, uh, public service down in where I'm from, at least. Uh, it's not what it is here. So, so I didn't know anything about that. So, uh, long story short, you know, came to the states, construction worker, auto mechanics. Um, started working with. Uh, actually, I want to give a huge shout out to to Brent Saint John, who actually mentored me on. Uh, I'm being a firefighter. I didn't know I could be a firefighter until I was working with him. He, you know, he's, he's been a firefighter for, for a long time. He's about to retire. And, you know, he just started telling me about the job. Uh, and it, it got me interested. It, it got me intrigued uh, on how people call 911 and you can go over there and help them out on the worst day of their life, you know. So I started doing a little research myself, uh, started seeing what I could do to actually become a, a good candidate to be a firefighter. And, uh, you know, started taking some classes, uh, got my EMT basic license, uh, started going to MATC, uh, to, you know, for my fire science degree for my associates and, you know, got all that rolling. Um, so I guess I just want to spread the word that me being Hispanic, first generation Hispanic to go to college here in the States, I didn't know I could be a firefighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't know that. So I just want to say, you know, it's, it's doable. Um, Anybody can become a fireman, uh, a public servant. You know, let, let's let, let's get this. Uh, let, you know, let's get public service what it used to be. You know, I mean, it's a great feeling. It's a great reward. It's very rewarding to be a firefighter or you know any public servant. So yeah, excellent. Thank you for that. Representing. So Zeke, um, to you. I guess I got to say, when I see many firefighters throughout the the city, and I think uh, I've lived in a few other cities, there are not many black firefighters. So what drove you to to be a part of the department? Um, My career, my wanting to do it, started off with the movie. (laughs) It is the movie Backdraft, which is official training for the the fire department. I was lucky enough to have a guidance counselor that cared about me and didn't just count me as a number. Um, She guided me to an African-American firefighter, the name of James King in the city of Racine. And after talking with him, he told me what it was really like to be a firefighter and it wasn't like the movie, but it still piqued my interest enough to pursue the career. and the and I I'm definitely glad I pursued it. Um, what is it? What piqued my interest? I was I played team sports, mm-hmm. and I know I didn't want to be bored with my job, 
And I couldn't think of many careers where you still were active. I mean, I considered the military because I thought I could still be active and travel around the world. Um, but this is a job that, that I decided would be the best for me. And I didn't think my, I didn't think my career would be like this, but it's been a good career and I'm happy I stuck with it. Excellent. Thanks for that. Uh, then Tolbert, to you, 26 years. That's all I'm going to say. 26 years. Cause just speak to that. Retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with 26 years, uh, the, the most important thing is that it means retirement is looming. It's out there. It's, I'm nearing the end of that tunnel, and I can see that light, and I'm going towards it. But um, ultimately, what's been interesting is over that 26 years, I have seen Kenosha Fire Department uh, ebb and flow. I've seen peaks and valleys with the Kenosha Fire Department uh, in terms of our 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 diversity makeup. Um, there was a time when I first came on the department, there were actually uh, roughly eight African-Americans on the job when I first came on the job 26 years ago. Wow. And then it, uh, that number dwindled down as small as two African-Americans. Wow. <laughs> uh, and so currently we have three. <laughs> so um, in that 26 years, I've seen Kenosha, the Kenosha Fire Department especially, um, I have seen it, seen it mature. I've, I've, I've seen it progress in such a way that um, I feel like it is a welcoming and inviting environment to any candidate that comes through the doors and brings the right thing with them. And that right thing is the right attitude, uh, the right abilities, and the desire to help. And I feel like the department has, has, uh, has always been welcoming to me. A hundred percent? No, nothing's ever a hundred percent. But by and large, overall, this department has always been welcoming and, and has been inviting. And, um, and we're working to continue, to continue that tradition and to make sure that this department continues to be that way and, in fact, even grows in those efforts. And that's part of what this diversity committee is about as well, is just making sure this department continues that history of uh, being inviting and inclusive. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. And then speaking of this uh, diversity committee, um, how did that come about and, and what has that been like? And I guess Zeke will start with you and then anybody else that want to touch on that can. It started... I would say after the riots, there were some things that were said from members of the fire department that were backwards thinking. And it needed to, it needed to be stopped where it was. Um, It needed to be shown that this backwards thinking, uh, it's, it's not right for what we are trying to do as a department. Mm-hmm. If you are here to serve everyone, then you need to see everyone as the same. Because if we have these implicit biases, we all have implicit biases, yeah. and we need to recognize them. And once we recognize them, we can move forward to treating everyone the same. Um, it started with me having a conversation with uh, who is now our chief bigly, he was a deputy chief, mm-hmm. and some of the frustrations that 
that I had with it. Um, and he respected and cared for me enough to try and help us through it. Um, could this have been done by previous chiefs? Yes, it could have been. And for right now, Bigley is the one that stepped up and said, well, let us try and make a change and let us get something in place to make this job more inclusive. Visible too. Yes. Visible. More inclusive, more visible, letting people know that this job is for you. We're not some, granted, most of the people that are on the job are Caucasian males. And I have nothing wrong with working with any of my Caucasian brothers, <laughs> I guess you would say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They've been great to me. Um, but there are people that can add to our culture. Um, because everyone came from a different culture and there are things that can add to our department and make it better. And that's the type of people we're looking for. We're not looking for people that are gonna come in and be abrasive and just try and buck the system. While some things may need to be changed in our system, we can do it together. And you don't have to stand out on your own. You can talk to people on this department and we can work together to make it a better place. Excellent, excellent. Anybody else got to add to that? I'll add to, um, I think the, the, oh, I'm sorry, the uh, diversity committee as a whole, when I remember when Zeke and I tested here, there were 1,400 people that went through the process. Wow. We're maybe getting 100 applicants yeah. and hiring 15, 16 at a time every yeah. year. Um, we wanted to make this job visible and visible to everyone. Yeah. You know, it's why do we only have four females? Because they're not applying. Yeah. You know, so um, just to get out in the community to say, you only need to be 18 years old, mm -hmm. valid driver's license, and a high school diploma. Put your application in. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So that's all, that's all important. You guys are making some intentional efforts uh, to be inclusive. Uh, I think that's, that's extremely important. Um, so as you guys all know, this podcast is centered around the question, what's possible when you bring people together around a shared result. Um, so Zeke, we'll start with you. Uh, go over to Tolbert, Kaminsky, and then Sosa, you'll close us out. So Zeke, what's possible when you bring people together around a shared result? Well, the first thing that's possible is we can provide the city of Kenosha citizens with a workforce that reflects and represents their community. Hmm, short and sweet. Tober, to you. Uh, one of the other things that's possible is that um, you have a department where all the employees can feel welcome, valued, and treated equitably, um, and that's super important. Yes. Kaminsky. What is possible? I think when tones go off, we all have a common outcome and desire and need to help people so what's possible is you can change people's lives wow. save them save lives Sosa to you what's possible when you bring people together around a shared result Brandon uh short and sweet answer on a hard question uh you get the desired result and desired outcome basically honestly 
think that's what happened. Short and sweet. (laughs) That's how we roll. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is a wrap. I want to thank all you guys for joining the podcast today. You guys are amazing. Uh, We love the fire department. Zeke, you got anything else? Yeah, I would like to... We are here as the fire department to serve people in the community, but without other people in this community, this diversity committee would not be anywhere near where it is. We've had conversations with people in the community. We've had people at Parkside help us, people at Gateway, building our futures, just random citizens that have made this possible. And without the citizens of Kenosha, this diversity committee would be it would be nowhere where it is so i would like to thank the people in the community that have helped us move the department forward wow that's amazing uh takes a village it does. Yeah. it's a wrap all right so now my favorite part of the podcast uh our rapid fire questions whoa rapid fire Oh, we got the we got the fire department in here. <laughs> All right, here we go. Zeke, coming to you first. Uh, what's your favorite firehouse meal? Brunch. Brunch. Tolbert. Uh, shrimp stir fry. Ooh, Kaminsky. I'm gonna have to go with Saturday steak day. Ooh, Sosa. I'm gonna have to go with uh, taco every day. <laughs> taco every day. I love it. Um, Zeke, favorite outdoor activity. Uh, riding my bike. So we're uh, also turning into an avid bike rider. Yes. Nice. Kaminsky. I'm going to go with hiking. Hiking. Sosa. I actually do like hiking uh, by the lake. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sosa, we're going to come back to you. What's your favorite movie or book? Brandon, come on. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. <laughs> That's my number two, but I'm going to go with Animal House. <laughs> Animal House. Tober. Tombstone. Ooh. Tombstone. I don't have a favorite movie, but my most recent is Spider-Man Nowhere Home. No Way Home. Okay. Spider-Man. So also coming right back to you. Um, what's, your, what's, your, uh, what's your hype music or your favorite, your, your theme song? Man, Brandon. Uh, my hype music is not so hype, but I do love me some country. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Country music. Kaminsky. My theme song probably uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot, Baby Got Back. <laughs> Baby Got Back. Tober. Uh, my hype song would be Atomic Dog, always representing the Q's. Representing the Q's. Yeah. The Q's in the house. <laughs> Zeke. Mine would be uh, Talib Kweli Chips. Chips. Talib Kweli, the legend. All right, last one. Zeke, what are you deeply grateful for? Um, I'm grateful for my support system. It would be my wife and my kids. Excellent. Tolbert. Uh, family and friends. Family and friends. Minsky. Same grateful. My wife and our two adopted children. Amazing. Sosa, close us out. Uh, Brandon, I'm uh, most grateful for my family and, uh, again, uh, for this job. I'm truly living the American dream, as some would say. Nice. And that's a wrap. Yep, you're right. We just closed out another impactful episode with a splash. I mean, we're just putting out some fires, containing the flames. This episode was just lit. All right, 
I guess that's enough with the dad jokes. Um, a big thank you goes out to Ezekiel Tompkins, Harry Tobert, Kristen Kaminsky, and Louis Sosa. Thank all of you guys for joining the show and just educating all of our listeners around what it takes to be a Kenosha firefighter. Here's some of my key takeaways from today's episode. The first one, and I want you to say this three times fast, apparatus operator. So a fire apparatus operator is at the journey level and the highest classification in the firefighter series. Just in case you guys didn't know that. Uh, Another key takeaway, I heard loud and clear that being a Kenosha firefighter is not just a job, it's a career. And you're in luck if you're listening to this episode. Kenosha Fire Department is currently looking to hire. So go on to Kenosha.org and apply. Be the firefighters here in the city of Kenosha. Um, last two key takeaways, and, and they're my favorite. Um, never be afraid to ask for help. I feel like that is extremely valuable. And then the last key takeaway from today's episode is team. And team stands for together. Each other achieves more. You can't just do things by yourself. It's okay to lean on your team. Um, Again, this podcast is centered around the question, what's possible when you bring people together around a shared result? Speaking of team and team efforts, Make sure you share this podcast episode and then subscribe to our podcast so you can hear all of these great things that are going on in our Kenosha community. So make sure you share this conversation with a friend and share with someone you know that wants to know about this work that is happening in Kenosha. Leave us a comment. We do read them all. As always, stay lit. I mean, or... Be well.